Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction. We feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church, culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. My name's Caleb. And my name's Parker. And today, we're going to be taking some time to revisit a bit of a conversation we've already had, but we want to just throw some new thoughts out there, and we hope you guys enjoy the conversation as we're going to be talking about church production. We're talking about services, lights, the sounds, the music, the way the services go, all these various things. And we're talking about what they are, why they matter, just general thoughts around it. It's something that for all of us, uh, if we attend a Sunday service, church production is affecting us. It is affecting our walk with Christ. And ultimately, we hope that you guys are attending services like that for following Jesus because it's biblical. And so church production is affecting all of us who follow Jesus. And even people who don't follow Jesus got some opinions on it. So we're going to talk about it for a little bit. Uh Parker. Yeah. Today, we're talking church production. Yeah. Do you got any initial thoughts to kick us off? Yeah, man. Uh, kind of as a, a preface, you know, to kind of kick off the conversation for those of you who may or may not have listened to our, our first conversation about it. Um, you know, when we basically the, the start of the conversation, is, it's, it's rooted in... The fact that you look at some churches and some church services, um, and the fact is that due to all the lights, all the sound, all the um, uh, time and effort that's spent into um, uh, dedicated or, or dedicated towards um, how the service runs and how the service looks, how the stage looks, how everything sounds like Caleb just said, like, um, uh, basically like at a certain point, some services can start to feel like a show. Yeah. Um, some services there, they are a production and they're not necessarily, you know, um, it, it makes you wonder like, is this fluffy stuff on top? That's not necessarily, um, contributing to, uh, the end goal, which is to spread the word of Christ mm-hmm. and to, and to disciple his flock and to, to bring new people into the flock. Um, and so the question is how much of church production in churches is necessary? One, um, is there stuff that is, you know, um, like, like, is this even something sh- that we should care about? Is it something that God cares about? Um, cause you know, and this is something we talked about in the last time we talked about it was like, you know, God doesn't necessarily need a space to move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like he met Moses in a burning bush in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nowhere. He didn't meet Moses in a temple. But that being said, he also met Zachariah in a temple. So, like, mm. um, and the fact is that, like, a lot of the aspects of the tabernacle and the temple were, you know, God directing people how to make the temple and make this space. Yeah. Um, which, honestly, for me recently is something that I have been feeling pretty um, convicting thinking about this and has honestly kind of changed my um general feelings towards this topic and my inclination I wouldn't say it's I have a definitive opinion on whether or not this stuff all matters or not but um 
it definitely has changed my perspective on things, specifically the tabernacle, um, which is a section that I'm reading through right now. Um, and just the level of detail that God prescribed mm-hmm. and ordered to be in there. And the fact that like, so like in, in uh, Exodus where he gives the example or the directions on how to build the tabernacle, like it's, it's very ornate. Like there's stuff mm-hmm. like, he even goes to the level of um, gifting people with the wisdom and craftsmanship to be able to like cast things in gold and like, you know, do all these ornate things that like at the time, especially would be like, you know, you might even say excessive. Like Mm -hmm. if you or I were to look at it and like, if we like had two gold cherubim that we had cast from, you know, the congregation's jewelry and put it in the front on top of a wooden box made of acacia wood that housed the presence of God. Well, I don't know if it actually housed the presence of God, that might be a different story, but, um, you know, if if we had that in our display, like we might call that excessive. Yeah. But God ordered it. So it makes you wonder like, okay, you know, do we, does God care about it? Mm-hmm. Does God care about if there's an LED light behind your stage? Does he care about how good the lights are? Or does he just think you need a microphone, a PA and a projector? Yeah. You know, what should we do, Caleb? What yeah. wisdom do you have no, I, for I, the people? I agree with you. I actually really like bringing up the intentionality behind the tabernacle and the temple and all these different things. I think... The thing that we have to first approach this with is the fact that God cares about it. Mm-hmm. And so we should take it to God in how we then care for it. You know, so like there's a reality what people will oftentimes, I think, combat, let's say, ornate services with is they'll say, well, Jesus was born in a lowly major. Mm-hmm. God does not need. And it's like, okay. Jesus was willing to humble himself to that space, but also what are we supposed to now honor him with? And that is where I think we end up looking and saying, okay, what can we do? What do we end up wanting to have happen? All those different things. And so my, uh, my thought would be this. My thought would be is if we are making stage designs and we are making decisions based upon, well, honestly, unprayed about thoughts, that are purely just based off of this will look good and they're uninspired, not meaning that maybe they weren't creative, but meaning that they are uninspired from God speaking to us about what we should do. Then I think, why are you doing it? If that makes sense. So the church that has a massive budget that has all the led screens in the world and literally like the biggest ones in the world or whatever it may be, you end up looking and you end up saying, is that bad? It's like, well, maybe not. Maybe they truly felt led to do that. One interesting thing too, this is a random thing I just want to throw out there just for some people to have in thought and consideration. There's this thing called donor designated funds within churches. So what this is, and this matters for for one reason, because it's one thing I want to put at ease for some people. If someone writes a check to your church, 
and they say on the check, I want it to go towards an LED wall. You are not allowed to use that money for anything other than an LED wall. Now you might say, that's ridiculous. Who would do that? There's people who do it. There are. So if you are a church that has somebody in your congregation who looks and says, hey, I I am pretty wealthy. I have a lot of money and I want to give to the church to really help do something that maybe we never could do. And they write that and they designate it for that. Your church legally has to use it for that. Or it just sits in an account never to be used or touched. So the reason why I'm saying that is, is for some of us, we look at churches and we end up saying, you could use your money for better things. And yeah, there are some who can. There's also some who are like, well, our congregation said we have to get it. We're going to get it. Okay. That's just one thing I wanted to say really quick as a caveat for some of those who might be like, Hey, we just waste money. But with that being said, I'm going to be prayerful about it. If we're not being prayerful about the stuff that we're putting before people, like think about this, think about like cathedrals, right? So we always will jump back to like tabernacle temple, but even let's not jump as far back. And you look at cathedrals, which granted some people have bad connotation with, but there's certain cathedrals that you walk into them and just genuinely you look and you're just like, you're in awe. I've had um, a really cool opportunity the last probably five years to get to go to different like cathedrals and things like that and get to see different spaces. And I'm not Catholic. I'm not Eastern Orthodox. I'm not of those traditions, but I do look and it, it draws your eyes up and it makes you look up towards the light. It makes you look at the stained glass and things. Even like for some of the spaces realizing like why were stained glass windows a thing? Because people were illiterate and they wanted them to be able to know the stories of scripture. And so you looked up and what were you seeing in the stained glass? You were seeing stories of the Bible to help you remember what you had heard in church. There was a lot of intentionality behind what they were putting in front of you. There was a purpose for it. And every little thing genuinely had a major purpose for it. So again, we can have issues with certain traditions, but they had an intentionality we do not always have. Like if you were to go and just say, we need to design it. If your approach for designing a church is the same as you would design a venue, I think you need to consider why you're doing it the way you are. That's not to say you can't use things that maybe a concert venue would use, but it's to say like, you know, even, uh, Paul goes and I forget where it's at. I think it's in Athens. He goes and he's preaching most likely from one of their open air auditoriums. So it's not like, don't go use those spaces. But again, it's saying if you're building a church, you're designing a space, you're using production, everything should be intentional. Everything should have an amount of purpose behind it. And we've all seen the churches that try to be super cool, but they weren't intentional even within their execution. And you look and you're just like, this just feels like a knockoff. It feels like you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Um, So that would be my thing. You need to be intentional about it. I think there's parts of production and worship that I'll also throw this out there. I get concerned because we use them as avenues which this isn't to be judgmental, but we use it as avenues for the for non-believers to get to be a part, which I think it's great for them to be a part, but I don't think they should be drivers. And that's where I also feel like there's times that we might look and we might say, oh, I'm having to do this space. I have a buddy who's really helped make a lot of really great spaces like this. I'm going to bring them in. They help design it. And it's like, well, hey, yeah, they designed a really cool space. They helped build an effective room, 
but were they doing it with the intentionality of this is a space that needs to be curated to glorify God? Um, me and Sierra got to go to a service a few months back at a church that's equipped with all the bells and whistles of things. Like they have all the different stuff. They have the big LED wall. They have all, they've honestly one of the better sanctuaries, I think, in terms of layout too and all that. And they were having a, a special worship night come in and all that stuff. And that worship night, like used none of it. Like they're a worship team that was like probably like the most technically skilled worship team I've ever heard genuinely. Um, Like they just were on it and all these things and they had all these resources. They could have done the coolest lights. They could have done the coolest stuff with the LED wall and all this stuff. They had a static logo on the LED wall because it would look weird to have nothing on it. It was a black background with logo on it for the worship night thing and then they had the projector screens on the side with some stuff and they had the lighting very basic and it just was like we are going to worship now and their intentionality was and even the guy said it who when he got up to introduce the evening he said we are not here to be a conference we are not here to uh create a special service we are here for a night of worship so we have intentionally decided that we are going to have everything be as stripped back as possible. We are making stuff as basic and simple as possible so we can just enter in. They lowered the lights a little bit and then they just went. Like that's a moment that I look and I say, well, they have the LED wall. They have all the same number of lights on that another church could have on, but what did they have? They had prayer and intentionality behind it and that made it so their creativity met their production really well. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. Um yeah, I think we, I agree with you. I think we need to, in summation of what you said, like, I, I agree. I think we need to be prayerful and have everything we can be, be intentional uh, in in regards to, like, what the purpose is behind it and why we're choosing to invest in, in this type of thing when we build these spaces. One thing that... um. I've been thinking a lot about um, myself is that like, you know, on one hand, kind of going back to the tabernacle thing and um, is that like these things were prescribed and it's something that God intended. And it was a space that like at the time, like the idea being that like the Holy spirit wasn't out and among us and well, I don't know how you'd say that, but basically like people before Jesus and before Jesus died and before Pentecost, like the Holy spirit didn't dwell in people like it does now. He had not been sent yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, and this is before the veil was torn and all that. So like literally like in the temple and in the, uh, um, tabernacle as well there was a holy of holies a place Mm -hmm. that was like very set aside and was like the idea was that the presence of god would be in that place and that was the set aside part um and all like and so in that case like it makes sense to me why like that space was so ornately decorated and it was so like like it's a it's housing the presence of god like this is something that like like god's deserving of that glory Mm -hmm. Nowadays, like, what's crazy is that, you know, like, you know, 
that like we have the opportunity to do the same thing mm. with that like the church and what you like the church is the people it's not necessarily the building but like we have an opportunity to do that same thing in a modern context yeah and it's a privilege and it's an honor that we get to do that um the one thing that i want that that like has been challenging me and has been like um that i've been wrestling with in the question uh is that like all those things all those you know ornate things that were initially like and still are like they they're deserving god was deserving of all that and like the priesthood and everything like that and all the i forget what they call it uh the ephod and the mm. the i'm forgetting the names for the actual like garments they would wear and the Their robes um, and all that. gemstones and all that um that they would wear that the that the levites and the aaron and his sons would wear um like all that stuff was meant for good intentionally and was ordained by god but then you go to era of jesus and all these traditions and all these things that were meant for good are now like like we dog on the pharisees now like in in church like as in like they got so caught up in tradition and got so caught up in the um the prestige of mm-hmm. being in the <coughs> excuse me in the priesthood and so got so caught up in the looks of it and like i think that attitude is what initially like in our first conversation about this like i kind of had the tendency of like i don't want to be that way Mm -hmm. and so like my tendency was like i don't know if all this stuff really really matters at the end of the day but god ordained it in the beginning Mm -hmm. so it's like how do we as churches keep that sanctity of like we want to set aside this space for like worshiping god and for meeting god how do we set aside that space and have it be a space that's worthy of his presence? Cause we have that privilege. Mm-hmm. How do we do that and not become the Pharisees? Yeah, I think that's good. I think, well, one, the Pharisees have lost sight of the Messiah and they have lost sight of the fact that Jesus was coming. And I think that matters because I think in the same way you have churches where maybe you end up looking at ornate, displays of production and they've lost sight of Jesus in it. So then it ends up being a moment that you look and you say, you know, in some ways you might go to one church again, same resources, go to another church, same resources. And one just felt so much better than the other. And the reason being that they did not lose sight, right? You know, kind of revelation of the church of Ephesus, you know, you lost your sight of your first love, you know, that they don't lose that picture of Christ within it. And I think with that too, it also just takes the church actually like, I don't know, wanting it to look in a matter that glorifies God and stands apart. So even like with this, so like with the priestly garments and all of these things, um, an interesting thing for us to remember is that the Israelites were really used to seeing priests. The Israelites were really used to seeing temples. They were in Egypt. 
Like even the reason why if you if you look in Leviticus when it talks about like not cutting themselves, but also when it talks about not tattooing their bodies, the Egyptian priests would tattoo themselves to display things about the gods that they served and that sort of a thing. So what's God trying to tell them? Don't look like the other priests to show that you're me. But what's it show to the other people? You're of a different, you're a different kind of person. You're a different kind of people. Um, so again, it was a, a for a time to show them that they're set apart. So again, this is where I think when we look at churches, a church, one, I think church buildings matter. Yeah. I think that churches that are mobile should fight to not be mobile. I think they should fight to try to find buildings and things like that. And again, you could look and you could say, but there's liability in that. It's like, I, but it matters. It matters that we're actually invested within our community and that sort of a thing. It matters that you're able to look and say, and does a church, maybe if a church is planted, have to be mobile for a while? For sure. But how are you going to get to a spot where you look and you say, we are on the corner of this and this. We are in this city. If you show up here, guess what? It will be different than any other part of this town. And that's the thing too, I think about some of our churches as people walk in and again, does it feel like you're walking into a strip mall? Does it feel like you're walking into the lobby of a JC Penny? Does it feel like you're walking into just any old does it feel like you're walking into the YMCA lobby? Or does it feel like you're walking into a church? Does it feel like you're walking into something that is different? That like I've thought a lot about this, man. Like when you think about and again, it's part of me think, thinking about cathedrals and this sort of a thing, like Yeah. They draw your eyes up so that while you're in the building, you literally are kind of in awe of it. You walk in, you look up, and you're like, this is massive. This took a long time. And then you're there and you're like, this is for God. Mm-hmm. And like, I think there's something about that too. Like, you look at churches, like, and again, uh, I think churches that are like, we're just so meek and mild and. It's like, okay, are you meek and mild and so you haven't done much or honestly, are you lazy and not stewarding what's been given to you? And that's not to be harsh. That's just to say, again, we all need to be considering this and thinking through this. Yeah. You know, so like if you're meeting in a, I've thought a lot about this even too, like if you're like meeting like in a school, right? Well, what are you doing to make it now that on Sunday mornings, it's not that you're in a school, but you're actually in a place that's hosting the presence of God. How are you helping people to see the awe of God within it? How are you helping see these? And you're going to be limited in certain things, but why, how are you approaching that intentionally so that then one day, if you do have a building, that building is not just, we have a bunch of convenient conventional space, but rather it's, we have space that gets to house the presence of God. Our church building is not just a space that honors God from 9am to noon on Sunday mornings, no. it is a space that in our, like, even down to this, this might seem silly, like our offices, our hallways, that as somebody's going through this, there is intentionality behind not just the production in the service, but in the whole space that says, this is going to help edify and point to Jesus. And again, people might look and they might say, that's kind of over the top. Me and Sierra, we got to go to a, we were at a church in Houston which again, everything's bigger in Texas, but like we're down, we're in Houston and I don't even need to talk about their uh, sanctuary, which had a bunch of stuff that was, I was honestly really cool. 
the bathrooms. The bathrooms were kind of dated. They were a little dated at this point. You know, they were kind of like, you could tell they had done the remodel on them probably like in 2008-ish. A lot of like, uh, a lot of tile with beige in it. But this is going to seem super silly. Like there was mouthwash. There was, there was mouthwash dispensers with little cups in there. And like in the women's bathroom, I think there was like spray deodorant and a couple of things. This is a church that probably, this is servicing thousands of people on a weekend. Now, Again, you might look and say, are those necessary? That will stick with me for the rest of my life. And a part of it is because it's like, that is so above and beyond. Now, again, it's a part of hospitality. Yes. But also in my head, I'm just like, there is no other bathroom that will treat me that good. (laughs) It sounds weird, but it's just, it's like the truth of it. It's like they looked and they were like, how can we even be intentional here? And again, if the heart is, we're just trying to make sure that you look and you realize this space is the greatest level of it. And again, bathroom's a really trivial example. But like in the church, as we're making decisions for stages and things, it's not what looks the coolest. It's not what is the best in whatever way. It is just what will edify God well to our neighbors. Mm -hmm. Like even in some ways, this is a random thought. Maybe you're in a city. Let's say you're in Seattle, right? Seattle's uh, near us, has a bunch of venues and that sort of a thing. A lot of them are dark. What if you looked and you said, our church needs to be really bright because we want it to actually stand out different from somebody just going to a concert. Like, And again, you might look and you might say, well, is that really necessary? That sort of thing. It's like, well, talk to God about it, right? And that's the big thing for me, actually, that I'm now just continuing to go back to myself personally right now is just, we need to talk to God about these things more like uh true life for the space that we meet in. We haven't updated our stage now. in I think two years, I think we've just kind of had the same really simple stage design and that sort of a thing. And I'm fine with it because it's just like, Lord, we're just trying to keep things simple. Still, we're trying to keep things in this space. We're wanting to make sure that it just we don't want distraction within this right now. And it's going, it's, I think it's going well. Sure, we could be more creative. We could do a lot of things. But the day we need to change that, it needs to be rooted in God. We want to pray and figure out how do we honor you better through this space. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. I, I think it's, um, yeah, I, I really like the idea of creating spaces with the goal of certain things about the space. It, like, design wise to intentionally point and depict a certain aspect of God and God's character. It is interesting though, that like, I I don't know what the perfect space would be because like you look at one space and I'll explain what I'm meaning in a second where it'll like depict a certain part of God's character. Yeah but it'll completely miss it on other parts. So like, for example, the going to the cathedral uh, scenario, you like you walk, you walk into that and it's these giant, you know, like you said, like super tall ceilings with, you know, in some cases like ornate, um, uh, sculptures of like in, in Catholic terms, like the saints or like, um, different characters in the Bible or, um, 
but and while that would inspire feelings of awe and um and magnitude um sometimes that can make it feel like god is cold and distant yeah you know where it's like oh god is so much bigger than me i could never like he can never relate with me like we're just not on the same level which Mm -hmm. is true in a certain sense but like on the other hand you have like the small intimate church that just it's a simple setup with like you know pretty low ceilings and just a simple cross or crucifix at the the you know at the front of the sanctuary pews you know we're still on you know hymn books like simple simple mm-hmm. church like uh like that like god may not feel awesome when you enter that space but is it like a place where god could be intimate and relatable mm-hmm. and like a place where you feel like you can get to know god yeah but like there still is the aspect of God that's like he is awesome and mighty and like we will never truly understand how amazing he is. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh but I, I love the idea of that like our spaces need to point towards like at the end of the day, they need to move your eyes off of like who's actually standing on the stage mm-hmm. and actually like move your eyes towards who were there for in the first place. Um, Yeah, no, I think that's accurate more than anything. Yeah. Well, you know, I think for myself too, that's where it is. Like if we have buildings built to a center point, which is not to say that every stage has to have a cross on it, but I do think it's helpful sometimes because if we're building Again, I want to use this word. If we're building venues rather than churches, whatever's on the stage matters most. Mm -hmm. But if you're building a church, all the people are what matters most. Uh I actually love the idea. There's some churches that I've seen do this, and I think actually more often than not, it's uh, when people are within a stadium setting. I love the center stage. Where it's like the chairs surround it. Oh, yeah. Because what I love about I that, that, even aesthetically. Huh? <laughs> sorry, I said I hate that. But oh. go on, sorry. The reason why I like it is because aesthetically, you still have to see the person across from you. Yeah. So when you look at the person in the middle, they're amidst the rest of the people. And I just, right. I like that a little bit. Because now it's not just the show of watching them forward. It's we are right now together as a community observing this, right? Um, even there's a, a church. I think there's other churches that have done it. There's just one in particular I can remember. Seeing them do worship where they ended up having like little, uh, they had platforms. I actually would love to figure out a way to do this at some point. But they had little platforms. I think all of their, I, I want to even say their musicians were somehow wireless. Is that possible? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so even their musicians were wireless and they were on platforms out within the seats playing. So you ended up having it where like your electric guitarist is like 30 feet from the stage and your bassist is like 70 feet from the stage, but they're all playing and your worship leaders are spread out within it and they're elevated a bit so that they're able to like see each other and like it's able to show like where the worship team is and stuff. But I even like that too, 
because it makes it again where you're not just centralized because worship is not focused on the people it's focused on who we're all worshiping and praising right Mm -hmm. and so i like things like that also just because again it's it's taking our eyes off of just us it's taking our eyes and looking to something more if that makes sense yeah yeah totally Matthias, we should do a worship night in the activity center. That's center center room. It'd be super hard, wouldn't it? On the other hand, though, counter that point. What do you think that makes it feel like even more so that it's like it's about the people in the middle of the room? Uh I the only reason I don't is because it's one of the most difficult things to actually be a person in the middle of the room doing. Right. It's way easier just to have everybody look up at me. Right type of a theme. Instead, you're having to walk in a circle and kind of address everybody. Yeah, right. But that's, again, it's just like, it's the idea of like optics, right? So instead of it being that I'm looking up and just at a singular person, now I'm amidst the people. I don't know. There's just some thoughts. I hear hear what you're saying. It's impractical in a lot of ways. I have uh, a semi-different note. Like, I have a problem with spotlights sometimes. Mm-hmm. I understand completely that, and like I said last time we did this podcast, I'm going to just straight out say I'm not a lights guy. So bear that in mind. I'm a sound guy. Well, I'm not a sound guy like the guy you look at if something goes wrong. But like, uh, I'm the, I care about sound more than anything. Um, uh, that wasn't a dig on sound guys, just FYI. Um, You're good, Matthias. Yeah, Matthias. We appreciate you. Um, anyway, but uh, <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, right. Spotlights. Yep. Um, I understand that they're totally necessary in some scenarios, but like, or like, this is something I've seen some churches do where like worship leaders, they'll like, Swip swap out of the center. Yeah, yeah. Something about that I don't like. Where it's like, okay, it's my turn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've seen some worship services online where it's like, granted, they're blessed with a lot of vocalists at one time, but like there's like seven vocalists or whatever just all in line. And if it's at one person's turn to lead, even if they're like on the severe right of they the stage, the middle. no, they don't. Oh, they just get a spotlight. Well, it's like even lighting. Oh. So like it was like we're just here worshiping. We're not nice. It's my turn to have a solo yeah. type thing. You know what I mean? Anyway, thoughts. Well, that's like there's a yeah there's a service that I was at where all of the worship leaders there was one person who was kind of towards the middle, but basically they made a circle on the stage, basically facing each other as they were worshiping, huh. as to basically be like you can't tell who's leading right now. Hmm. We're just all worshiping. It was great. It's like a two and a half hour worship moment. Yeah. It was great. That'd be great. Don't know who led some of the songs. But it was great. <laughs> I don't know who they are. Um, Yeah, man. But I just think when it comes to all this different stuff with church production, like it just, I, for myself at this point, it's coming down a lot more to intentionality and prayerfulness. Like if we're not willing to pray about this stuff, and actually go to God asking him what we're supposed to do one with his money, but also with his presence and to help display him to the people around. 
dude, like that's just a weird spot to be in. Yeah. Like we don't need lazy creative ideas because a lot of times the really quick ideas people have that are might just be I saw somebody else do this so I really want to do it and it's like hey that can be great that could be what we should do Mm -hmm. but also what do you have and it's not that every idea has to be original Um, although it is nice if a lot of them can be Mm -hmm. (laughs) because usually again that's helping us to be obedient not just to be copycats and keep up with the Joneses right it's all about mentality exactly and heart posture yeah. As everything with Christianity. Man, I've said this before. Christianity would be so much easier if God didn't care about your heart. That's true. That'd be so much easier. <laughs> like We could just be. <laughs> we could just be. Yeah, no, we could just check off boxes. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be relationship. No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, any final thoughts, Parker? Final thoughts. Or additional thoughts. Um, I don't know. I think this. I I think more than anything, like I think is this is just a conversation that we need to have, you know, and just have as churchgoers, as regular attenders, and as people who are involved in making services happen. Like it's, you know, like we've talked about with, you know communities and and you know being and or church marketing is the i think it's the episode where we talked about this where we have to be careful about what we're selling mm-hmm. in the church are are we selling a show are we selling good sound are we s- selling like you know a really good band like mm-hmm. is that what we're selling or are we selling and s- selling the term selling makes it sound so corny and understates it but like it depicts what i'm trying to say but like you know are are we is the product we're selling actually jesus and is it you know in all whatever it is about church that you're talking about like i just think and church production included like i think it's just something that we as christians need to constantly be asking ourselves particularly as the main body of like when people come in, what are they buying into? Mm-hmm. And church production is one of those things that, you know, I I've known people that go to other churches just because of that. The worship was really good. What does that mean? I don't know. Yeah. Food for thought. Yeah. I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one final thought will just be that I think if your church production is to elevate your senior pastor, then you're walking a really weird line. That'd be my last thought. Like if your production really just ends up being that it's like, look at our pastor who's really cool. That product's not as good as Jesus. Exactly. They had a really great word for us today, which I don't think it's bad to say that, hey, like a pastor had a word or that sort of a thing. You know, we talk about Peter's messages. We talk about Paul's messages. But I think if that's all your production's doing, that's the moment that it's like, what's going on? What if we just assumed, what if, what if your church worshiped well enough and preached the word well enough that people just assumed the message was good and that 
they should be there to hear from God. That's my two cents a little bit. There's not a practical way to really handle that though. But yeah. All right. Well, fun times. Well, maybe we should revisit this again pretty soon. Yeah. Well, everybody, we hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. If you guys have any thoughts, actually, no, we want to genuinely invite this. If you have thoughts on church production, please, 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 please either leave a rating and review and leave it in your comment for us or DM us at the Caleb and Parker podcast. And we would love to know your guys' thoughts. And maybe even we could take some thoughts and questions about church production in a future episode. Uh, You guys, we appreciate you guys checking this out. The heart behind it always matters most. Jesus needs to be glorified. And we want to see him glorified in all that we do. And so with that being said, we appreciate you guys checking out this episode. My name is Caleb. And my name is Parker. See you guys next time. See ya.